Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Noah Kane, left side to the goal line. Touchdown, Penn State. A 78-yard drive for the Nittany Lions. 13 plays, and the Nittany Lions get on the board first and look very, very sharp. Quarterback sneak. They wedge it toward the goal line, looking for the officials, looking to see if Clifford got in or not. And no signal yet. Touchdown, Penn State. The Nittany Lions do it again. They're two for two, putting together an eight-play, 76-yard drive. Clifford back, time, throws. Dotson, his 100th career catch at the 45 and inside the 45 to the 41 and a first down for Penn State. Jahan Dotson's 100th career catch. Penn State with a 14-3 lead. Raff looks back. They're ready. Good snap, put down. Kick by Stout is on the way. The kick by Jordan Stout is good. Farhash attacking the north end zone to our left on second and 10 at the 25 of Ball State. 17-3 Penn State. Clifford back, throws. Cam Sullivan-Brown, 25, 20. It's Dotson. Dotson, 15, 10, 5. Dotson, touchdown. Making a move that only Jahan Dotson can make. Electrifying Jahan Dotson. Play action fake. Back he goes, throws, and intercepted. Lucetta, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Penn State. Jesse Lucetta picks it off with his left hand and takes it to the house. Kane is the running back to the right near side as we see it to Clifford. And it's going to be Clifford. He'll keep it to the 30, 35, Sean, 40. Near sideline, 50, 40. Your quarterback's to the 30 and ridden down inside the 30 for a first down. All right, stall over the ball. Cheka puts it down. Kick is up by Stout. Kick is good. Penn State expands the lead to 34-2-6. Plitt with an empty backfield. Bunch set near side, too far side. Plitt goes back. Plitt waits, looks, throws it down the middle of the field. Hardy's there and picks it off at his own 40-yard line. Daquan Hardy with his first career interception. So Jordan Stout, 22-23 yard attempt. Put down, kick is up by Stout, and the kick by Jordan is good, and Penn State expands the lead to 37-6. to Four on the play clock as George comes in motion toward us. Roberson turns, play action fake, rolls right. Oh, he Look, has him. Delivers downfield. Johnson's got it. Touchdown, Penn State. The first career completion for take one. Roberson is a Penn State touchdown. Oh, yeah, you're 2-0, Penn State, Nittany Lions. We're ready to recap it here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It is the Steve Jones Show, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, all your insurance needs, true professionals, best in the biz, all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, 
or go to purdyinsurance.com. And Steve soon will be in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all pre-owned inventory. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Great sales staff and great service department. The Nittany Lions, as I suspected, taking care of business and winning, obviously, by multiple scores. And I want to reiterate this again. That Penn State defense, that front seven in particular, championship worthy. They are championship good. They are going to win this team ball games. It was evident last week against Wisconsin, and obviously it was evident against Ball State. What was evident against what was more on display against Ball State this time, which is not surprising considering the opponent, but still, is the amount of quickness speed, and athleticism. Of course, demonstrated by Jesse Lucchetta's one-handed sick pick six. And that was just unbelievable. Yeah, I was happy for Jesse on that play. It was. uh, The running joke that Jesse has with uh, James is, is at one point in his high school career, Jesse was a corner. And then Penn State... When he comes here, they make him a linebacker. Now he's also playing defensive end. He says, you can't move me any closer. <laughs> well, the way he did that certainly makes sense. He was a cornerback because he's got – that's that's insane ball skills for a big yeah. defensive lineman like that. Well, Jonathan Sutherland, who had played Little League ball with Jesse up in Canada, he said, that was, man, that was like when we were playing Little League. He'd reach out with that big paw. He said, and he just took it, and he, and to use his terminology, Jonathan's terminology, he says, and just uh, he just takes it to the crib. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, so that was a great moment for him. Look, uh, you're looking, there's a the big context of um, did you get better at week one to week two improvement. They got better. And that was important because you're making steps in this season. Now you got Auburn this week, and I, I, Auburn obviously has been dominant in his first two games, which you expect. But for to be on, to be fair to Brian Harson, you can only play who you play. I don't. Uh, I'm going to talk it over, Jack. I, I don't think either one of us knows which tape to watch. Uh, I think I'm going to probably watch the first quarter tonight of each game to at least see when the game was nothing-nothing how they approached it. You know what I mean? Uh, And go from there. I mean, I already have a pretty good handle on personnel and things like that. That's that's not the issue. It's just I'm looking for style of play and so forth. The two teams they played have been such easy pickings for them. And um, I don't really know. We you know we know what Bo Nix's history is. Okay, that's great. Um, he can have really good moments, and he can have some tough moments. So we know that. Uh, Schenker, the tight end, is very good. 
tight end, H-back, fullback, whatever role they want to use uh, John Samuel in that he's very good at. Tank Bigsby's a really good running back. Now, the backup kid, now, Shivers was hurt. He's normally the backup. He did not play against Alabama State. But the freshman came in and ran for 147. And it looks like they've recruited a pretty good player there. Receivers are good. I mean, you know, Jackson's good. I think Robertson's very good that they brought in transfer. Good player. And um, and then you look at their defense. Smoke Monday is very good at the safety spot. He's a pro on Sunday. Uh, McCready, the the corner who ran the pick back for ninety four yards, but he's been good for a couple of years back there. I mean, he's another pro. He's got five career picks back there. He's a good player. Um, the guy that plays their star position, that hybrid linebacker, fifth guy, uh, Wooten, because they stay they 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 actually play with two linebackers and a hybrid. And Wooten's that hybrid player, all right. Papos, the other linebacker, is really good too. You know, and they can get you know they got some pressure on you up front. They started uh, TJ TD Moultrie in the game on uh, Saturday. I think he's a good player. Tony Fair is a good player, and obviously Carlson's been kicking there for. I think Carlson is. I think only Adam Venateri's had a longer career. Uh, <laughs> I think Carlson. Been at Auburn a long time. Now, he's not the only Carlson they've ever had there kicking too, but feels like he's been there a long time. Um, and look, it's the third game. This is the test you want to see. That's why it's the whiteout game? That's why it's so highly anticipated. That's why game day is going to be here. And I want to make a quick point about game day in a bigger context. I have nothing but praise for game day, by the way. I'm going to do that in a moment because it's going to be dealing with Notre Dame football and a possible mistake that college entities, including the Big Ten, need to avoid as we continue here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family-owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570-286-5855, stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury, or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. Here's Stroud looking for his crossing route. Stroud on the move. Stroud delivers. Picked off. Intercepted. Look, that's a case where um, Oregon was well-prepared, won the turnover battle, 
only had four penalties in the game, even though, and remember, they didn't have two of their top players in the game either. I mean, Thibodeau didn't play. He's one of the top 25 players in the country probably. Didn't play. I will say this, Jack and I watched the Minnesota game together, the Ohio State-Minnesota game, and Ohio State won, but the, we watched him. We think Ibrahim's a very good running back for Minnesota. When he got hurt, it changed the whole game. But we said that's not what we usually see from the front seven of an Ohio State team. And Oregon exploited that front seven on Saturday. Interesting. It's two weeks in a row now that Ohio State's given up not just a little, but a lot of rushing yards in a game. And Oregon played with the lead. Don't discount they played with the lead. That's why when you look at Jacksonville State winning in the last place, can you believe they lost in the last play? Your job for the first three hours of the game is to make sure that you don't bring losing into the equation. And Florida State... I don't care how fortunate Jacksonville State may have been at the end. All credit to them. But Florida State, because of how they played for three hours with all the penalties and the turnovers, they brought losing into the equation. They brought it down so a team could get one play and take its shot and win. Now, Notre Dame for a moment. It says nothing to do with Notre Dame winning or losing on Saturday. It was a great win, and Jack Cohen, I guess they popped his dislocated finger back in. He threw the touchdown pass, and he beat a very good Toledo team. I mean, we talk about Ball State, 20 starters back. Toledo's got 21 starters back. So I want to get into the game. I want to get into how they broadcast the game. And they did, the game was on Peacock Saturday, right? It was. And actually, it was the start of an embarrassing day for NBC because apparently Peacock didn't work for the soccer earlier in the day, but I guess they got it working for ND. But... But that see, but that that this is a lesson for everybody here. You have to make TV has to make TV for fans easier, not more difficult. And when you look at the NFL TV package, the new one that will start next year, Amazon Prime is going to be doing Thursday night football. They're not doing Sunday afternoon football. In the one o'clock, four twenty-five windows, they're not doing Sunday night football. They're not doing Monday night football. Amazon Prime is the least. Excuse me, Thursday night football is the least desirable of the five NFL windows during the week. That's why, for example, they had trouble getting networks bidding on Thursday night football. The ratings are good, but the production it takes and everything is not easy. There's going to be some college entity out there that's going to make a really stupid mistake. And that's going to be, but they threw all this money at us. We had to take it. So we're going to be uh, taking one one of our prime packages, and we're going to stream it. No. Don't be foolish. Don't. Pick up... You can maybe put a supplemental package on stream, maybe, or at minimum make sure the entities you're going with have streaming as a supplement to the overall package, but don't go with a package that is streaming only. 
at this period of time, maybe 10 years from now, it'll be a prime way of doing business, maybe 15, maybe 6. But as of right now, any entity that puts down streaming as a primary package for their games is making a big mistake. Don't. There's going to be money from a lot of entities. Don't chase the gigantic money because it looks pretty and it looks sexy. Think about the product and who's watching the product. NBC put that game on Peacock. Who watched it? Who? All right, besides Mertzi. Okay. Actually, I have to confirm that myself. I don't know. Uh, uh, Michelle may have. It's a huge Notre Dame fan. Uh, but let's let's be honest about it. You see my point? Don't sit down and go, oh, you can't believe how much we had to take it. Look at all the money. No. No, no, no. You've got to think of your fans. One of the worst things television is doing right now is they're, they're starting to make people work to find stuff. And guess what? They're going to look at you and go, I don't want to work to find it. Just make it easy for me. I'm the consumer. That's my warning going forward for TV negotiations. Again, what's the least desirable NFL package? Thursday Night Football. Okay, you can stream that and see how it works. It's your least desirable one to begin with. College has to think the same way. If we're going to stream anything, it'll be the least desirable package we have. If not, make it easy for people. Turned out Toledo-Notre Dame was a heck of a game, and you know what? Except for highlights, who saw it? I mean, do you even know how Drew Brees sounds in a game? No. He did pretty good on Football Night in America last night, but yeah, I don't know about the game. I listened to Paul Vermeister instead. Pre-game show, didn't, uh, didn't watch. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Well, it's not that it's just, it's, it, there's nothing out there I want to watch. I mean, I already saw the games. I already know how it turned out. Hey, oh, look, Aaron Rodgers threw another incompletion. Got it. Great win for the Eagles. Falcons, that's a half a win. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Still in first place for one more week. Right, and the Steelers had a great comeback yesterday. It really was. So, good start for both. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, whatever it may be. Whatever your insurance need is, they'll fill it. And they'll do everything they can to make sure they save you money and get you the absolute best price. It is Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. 
All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Mike Gross in a few moments. We're getting a hold of Mike now. Dave Cicchini at 4.06 today. Penn State football Saturday, Auburn Beaver Stadium. 7.30, the kickoff, 6 o'clock will be the airtime. So I have to ask you, how did our troops do over the weekend? Um, Shikalemi, Mount Carmel? Uh, Shikalemi lost, but gave Mount Carmel a good game. That was only uh, that was zero zero in deep into the f- first half. I w- might have been at halftime. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they did lose the game. I th- think the final was twenty eight six. Nobody does a nothing nothing game like the suit. S U I T. That spells suit. Uh, Seals Grove picked up its first win Saturday, 33-zip over Shemokin. Good, good. So that was great a, win for the Seals. That was a big surprise. I did not see that coming. Great win for the Seals. Yeah. That's great. And not our, uh, Lewisburg lost. So we got Seals Grove. I thought, the Lewisburg, I thought Lewisburg had a COVID issue. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, right. So they didn't play this week. That's not good. The, the host. It's uh, <laughs> not, not a good sign. Yes, I know Lewisburg. So, one of our teams got the dub. Twins lead the Yankees five nothing. Top of the sixth. Wonderful. I think that's a makeup game, right? Yes, it is. Is that a makeup game? Yeah. Okay. So I thought. Um. That game is in the Bronx, by the way. We're gonna get Mike in a moment. I I know that. Matt's been trying to get Mike on the phone here. Uh, plenty of guests this week that we'll have. In fact, you know what? I may talk to Jack about getting. Uh, I may talk about getting Jack on the show this week. Why not? Yeah, definitely. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that. Uh, I don't want you worried about it. I'll take care of it. Lead up to the whiteout. Yeah, we should get him on. Yeah, it's, it's like with you know. Suit says, I'll call him. It's like, I kept calling him, no answer. It's me, your buddy. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Oh, boy. Then I'll mention to Jack, the Shiklemi broadcast team. Jack says, how is the chief doing? And so it's... it's Oh, my almighty! (laughs) It's not pretty safe. All right. Um, and a tough one for Bucknell, by the way, fifty-five to three. Yeah, well, but you know what? We all kind of saw that coming. They played Villanova. Is that so right? Yeah, it was at Nova and and no uh, Taryn yeah. Earl. Yeah, it's just that's that's a tough scenario to have. Kind of out man to begin with, and that that's always an issue when you're when your your margin of error is thin to begin with. And I think that's that's something that I think over the years we've done a good job with over, over of, of recognizing when you've got more of a gap, and also when the margin of error is thin. All right, Mike Gross, Mike, welcome. Uh, I had the pleasure, Mike and I. I had the I had the pleasure of having breakfast with Mike out in Madison, and we we're watching golf oh, together. Right. And, <laughs> it's great, great to have you on the show, Mike. Thanks for your time today. My pleasure, man. Good to talk to you. So, uh, you want to look for that game one to game two improvement? Did you see that in Penn State Saturday? 
I did, yeah. I, I did, and it's not just – I mean, obviously you have to factor in the opponent, but I'll tell you what I thought were the takeaways. Uh, uh, for me, Steve, were the, those first two drives, uh, those first two touchdown drives by Penn State, not just because uh, they, they resulted in touchdowns and gave Penn State control of the game, but also because I thought they gave you a taste of – what Mike Yurisich's offense might be uh, in terms of formation, in terms of personnel use, play calling, mixing it up, uh, easy choices for Sean Clifford uh, to make tempo, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, and then I thought after that, they kind of buttoned it up a little bit, understandably, for a, a number of reasons. Got a lot of guys rest, got the backup quarterback some work, uh, so I think you check a lot of boxes. And then I thought in the second half, James Franklin talks a lot about we want to be able to run the ball when everybody in the stadium knows we're going to run the ball. Obviously, I thought that's what they worked on in the second half, and I thought they made some progress in that area. So that was a long answer to a simple question, but I think, yes, there was progress. Is a talk show, so long answers are permissible <laughs> I, got all, I got all the time I mean, in the world there Mike I'm equal to the task <laughs> I gotta do this all the time uh, so when when you look at a, a couple of elements in the game, Jesse Lucchetta, the running joke has been, a, you know, at one point in his youth, he was, you know, in high school he was a corner, then here he goes to be a linebacker now defensive end, and his joke with with James Franklin is he said to him he said he said you can't move me any closer <laughs> to the line of scrimmage <laughs> and he went out and got that pick what do you, what do you, what have you seen in Jesse Lucchetta and his maturity and his leadership with this team when you've been around him yeah he seems like a really good kid he seems like a really mature kid he's kind of a he's kind of a soft spoken guy a little bit he comes with the the jewelry and the bling a little bit, you know. Uh, yeah. When, when he's, uh, but but he's kind of a, a soft-spoken guy. He seems like uh, a, a solid citizen. And and as much as as James has talked about this this idea of making him kind of a combination D end and linebacker, as much as he's talked about that as possibly having an impact on Jesse's future, it's still was a sacrifice for him to to, to do yeah. that and to be, and to be on board with it so i think that's the kind of sacrifice that resonates that the other guys see that the young guys see and then to see him have success with it yeah it's big it's big i don't know if brent pry has talked about this at all and I, it's you know uh with the media or even he's been asked about it i i'm Let's face it, last year he went into a, a season with a plan as to how he wanted to utilize Micah Parsons in a variety of packages and then didn't have him, yeah. so he had to make adjustments. Yeah. Obviously, he goes into this season settled on personnel. What kind of difference has that meant to his approach as a coordinator because he was settled on personnel and didn't have to make changes? Well, yeah, the thing last year with moving Micah around, and then it's not just that you can't quite do that. It's that it's a it's a really young linebacker group for the most part that that's that's kind of replacing him, uh, and I I think that uh, I think that that's probably right. I think Mustafa is a big key in that regard because yes. they've got so many guys on that defense that can run. There's sometimes when I look out there and I think, man, this is a Jimmy Johnson defense from Miami in the '80s, you know, uh, with Jonathan yeah. Subbold and the linebacker who looks like a safety, Curtis Jacobs 
kind of looks like a safety. Uh, yeah. To have that really big dude in the middle of it, I think, is is huge. And then they have so many defensive backs. I, I it's almost it's almost yeah. crazy how many how, how many defensive backs uh, they they have that can that that have been effective so far. Uh, I think a secondary is is a big strength. So. Um, one thing I would say, you said you didn't know if Brent Pry has been asked. I, I guarantee you that he hasn't been asked because we don't get to talk to the coordinators after the game. Okay. I don't have too many complaints in that vein. Nobody wants to hear the media griping, but I'd like to hear from the coordinators a little more True. after the game. I would have really True. loved to talk to Mike Yersich after Saturday's game. Uh, and that's enough it, of that. It, that's a little rant. Right, Mini rant right, on only, my part. Right. The only reason I don't know is that we're doing the post game in the booth, so I don't know who's available and who's not because I just don't know. Oh, sure. Know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. yeah. Um, the uh, what have you thought of Sean Clifford through two games? Um, I, I thought I, I saw I saw some progress. I, I thought he played a little better. Um, it's it's the decision making piece of it. There's such a fine line there. Uh, sometimes he holds. Sometimes people say he holds onto the ball too long. Uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes, I, that's because he kind of gave up on a play. I think a little bit in terms of his decision making, and started to run around. Well, when he's running around, he's still got the ball, so he's he's holding it too long. But it's almost like his thought process is too quick. It's really hard to do. Play that position is really hard to do, and and especially with all these new coordinators and new systems. But I think you have to be happy with what you saw, and I thought he threw it accurately. I mean, those two drives that I was talking about earlier, at the end of those two drives, he was 9-10 to seven different receivers and two touchdowns. So, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, Jack and I, Jack Ham. And I have can't really figure out what tape to watch of Auburn. It's not like we can rack up a tape of Gus Malzahn last year and say, okay, this is what they do and so forth. I mean, I think we both decided we're going to watch the first quarter of each of the first two games just to see when it was zero zero. Yeah. Do you have, do you have do you have any read on on Auburn at all? I mean, we know they're talented, we know they're well coached, but do you have any read on them after based on who they played? I'm not sure. Yeah, based on who they played, it's it's hard to. Uh, I I I I also am going to try to get a little bit of a look at early in the game, like you said, to get a sense of what they're really about. I'm sure they're going to be different offensively because Malzahn used almost like some wing T-ish principles in his offense, and and you don't see that anywhere else. He was kind of unique. Uh, uh, and but they have a veteran quarterback, Bo Nix. And he's a yep. talented guy. Uh, he, he's talented. Uh, I, I'm sure they're going to bring uh, athletes. From what I know of them, I don't think they have quite the skill position, you know, proven pieces and depth that Penn State has. And uh, and I suspect that <clears throat> I suspect that Penn State might be a little bit better as far as a complete defense. All 11 guys that are on the field, but I but I don't know that. I'm, I'm basing that on not a whole lot. I'm, I'm going to take a much closer look at them over the next couple of days. Uh, uh, me too. Uh, yeah, it is, it is an unknown as of now, for sure. Yeah, I mean, all my work yesterday was all chart work, stat work, things like that, the standard stuff I do on yeah. Sunday. I'll, I'll take a look at t- I'll take a look at video tonight and yeah. you know, at least get some feel for something. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested. I, I, I don't know really know what they are. They were not really a much ballyhoo team even going into the season uh, uh, for, you know, a name brand program in the SEC. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, let's find out. I don't know. I have to ask you the scene on Saturday. At one point in a commercial break, Jack leans over to me and says, he says, Steve, he says, look at this. Isn't this something? What was it like for you sitting in the box after seeing nobody in the stands a year ago to at least see that scene, to see the scene at Madison that you witnessed? What's that been yeah. like? I mean, you've always appreciated, so this is not like, oh, gee, I you know, but just to see it again. Yeah, it was it, it was it was more that last year was unbelievably weird, so that yes. so that now the return to normalcy is striking. You know what I mean? This is yes. this is how it used to be. Uh, uh, although even I thought I thought that Saturday was a little exceptional, even for how it used to be. Given the opponent and everything, I mean, as 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 James pointed out after the game. Um, it, it was it was their biggest home opener crowd since '08, I think he said. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, so uh, 105,000. Uh, I mean, that's pretty strong uh, in the you know week two in in, in September. And, and it was it was uh, kind of touching to hear James uh, say that. He got a little emotional when he saw the RVs rolling into town on Thursday. And he yeah. got a little emotional when he sensed sort of when you were hanging around town on Friday and you could tell that this is a football weekend. You know, he, even that was was kind of fresh. Not new because we've seen it before, but we haven't seen it recently. So it was it was fresh. And, and of course, it could not have been a more perfect day from a weather standpoint. So the whole thing was... Uh, was kind of exactly what you want from uh, college football in September. College football is different, isn't it, than the, really anything else? Oh, you know, no I question. Mean, yeah, it's it's, it's a it, different it really scene. Is. I watched a lot of NFL yesterday, and that was great too. But but it is different. It, there's no question. Mike, absolute pleasure. Always enjoy all the time I spend with you, and appreciate that very much. Thanks, Steve. I'll see you around, man. See you around, Mike. Thanks. Mike Gross, Lancaster. Dave Cicchini in the next half hour uh, to talk, uh, uh, see if Bucknell can get on track this weekend, and Doug and, the, uh, Doug and Kev will be on hand for that one. But we always thank Mike for being on. Mike's just one of the really fun guys to be around. I always enjoy talking to Mike a lot. Um, always enjoy spending time with him. And all these beat writers that we quote, the beat writers we have on, Penn State's got great beat writers. Across the board, I mean, great ones. They really do a great job of covering this team. Back with uh, more in a moment uh, as we continue today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all 
applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle with a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Back goes Hurts. He is looking. He is firing for Devontae Smith for a touchdown. The first touchdown of Devontae Smith's NFL career. First catch, first touchdown, 18 yards, and the Eagles have struck. Merrill Reese with a great call. Unfortunately, the NFL just sent me a text. I guess the play doesn't count because it's against Atlanta. That's okay. They left it in the red zone. You can, uh, let me put it this way. It's the NFL. Doesn't matter who you put in front of you. You just got to win the darn thing and move on. And they did that. And if they're going to be a good team, that's what you're supposed to do to bad teams. And that's what they did. Well, the Eagles are not going to be a good team. Um, They just aren't. They just don't, don't have enough personnel. They don't have the depth to get through the season. But that's a good opening win for them. That's a good opening win. Now, uh, are they better than the Giants? Yeah. Are they better than Washington? Offensively, yes. Defensively, no. Are they better than Dallas? Offensively, no. Defensively, yes. That's about where they are after week one. I think that's a, you know, that's the only one who actually can make a fair assessment on this. No, show that's fair. I would Eagles. agree with that. <laughs> you know, no, no, no. You just you, you get a lot of hate in you. It's, it's really sad. Uh, sad. Very sad. I do have right. one beef though, not NFL related. With the AP poll today. Oh, I did, see, I don't even, even. I know you don't care about this, but this is. I don't. I, I have to get this off my chest. I think Please. it is. You speak, an out- for, you speak for you speak for a lot of people, so it's like you're the fun person. I'm not. Well, honestly, it. I think. I mean, people can call in if they feel differently, but I think I speak for most of this Pet State fan base. Why is Ohio State still ahead of them? That is atrocious. They only this, beat this, a. I mean, better than average Minnesota team and then they get embarrassed at home by Oregon I who again is a good obviously is a good team they're 12th in the nation but Penn State got that monumental win and they took care of a team they should take care of Ohio State should not be in the top 10 right now or they should be 10 at best Penn State should be ahead of them and I, I don't care what anybody says that is atrocious I, I understand the emotion completely the reason I don't pay attention to it is quite simple I think that Penn State has now come out of the gate in such a way where they can take care of this themselves. Oh, that's very true. Take care of your own business. Yep. Okay. I mean, you know, Ohio State's in front of them. It's fine. Last time I checked, that they play them. Iowa's in front of them. Last time I checked, they play them. Um, They got Auburn this weekend. National TV audience, game day, the whole thing. You have a lot of elements in play where you control what you do. Now, if we're getting to the end and it becomes an issue, I will bring it up. Me bringing it up now, I didn't even, honestly, until you just told me, Matt, I literally did not know where Penn State was ranked. I didn't know where they were ranked going into last week's game. They were 11. They went up one spot. See, I don't don't pay attention to that stuff anymore. 
because at this stage it means nothing to me. And the fact is they have the kind of schedule this year that allows them to really determine what their destiny is. I am not a fun person. You're the you're the fu- you're the fun person. You're the person consumed with hate. You know, wearing it on your sleeve and I'm too matter of fact for you. Yeah, we knew that already. It's okay. I'm too calm. You're listening to-